fam, and welcome to the Call Cheryl Hunt podcast, and I am your host, Cheryl Spears. Each week, we'll be sharing stories from people who have had firsthand experiences with MLMs like Beachbody or Body, and examine the questionable tactics used by some of the leaders in these companies. Please note that some of the content we cover may be disturbing, and we encourage you to check the show notes for disclaimers. Our aim is not to bully or harm anyone, but rather to educate and shed light on the truth. This podcast is not just an anti-MLM podcast. My goal is to help prevent others from falling into the same trap I did being a part of an MLM for eight years. Please keep in mind that the guests on the show are sharing their personal experiences and opinions, and the information provided is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice. If you would like to share your own story, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at callsherylhine at gmail.com or feel free to DM me on Instagram at call Cheryl Hine or on my personal Instagram at Cheryl S. Spears. So sit back, relax, and get ready for an eye-opening episode. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on any of the valuable insights and personal experiences shared by our guest. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Hey fam, this is the Call Cheryl Hine podcast and I am your host, Cheryl Spears. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Meredith. Um, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Good. I'm, I appreciate you joining us on the podcast. Um, I already know the answer to this question, but you want to introduce yourself and give the people a little bit of a synopsis of who you are and what brought you to the podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Meredith Schneider. I am, uh, well, right now... Cr- Credential-wise, I'm actually a certified personal trainer. I am also a nationally board-certified health coach for free. But it all started with going on a fitness journey. And it Mm -hmm. started back in 2016 when my friend was doing Beachbody and sharing it all. The same story, right? (laughs) Over and over again. Yeah. And what year was it? What did you say? 2016. 2016. Okay. So that was after I joined. So your friend was sharing... First of all, thank you for being, uh, for doing what you do, and I'm so glad to have somebody with actual certifications and license here on the podcast. So you, back in 2016, your journey started because your friend was sharing her journey on, um, did she reach out to you, and how did that, how did that conversation happen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like I had been approached by other people. It's like the Hey Girl messages that we all hear about. We've all probably received on Facebook. Um, But she actually didn't reach out to me. She was seeing a lot of things. And I was at a, I don't know, I guess I grew up kind of of with a lot of diet diet culture. I think a lot of us did. Mm -hmm. Like late, mid to late 30s (laughs) or even early 40s. Watching this kind of diet, yo-yo diet over and over and over again, kind of had that model set for me. So I didn't really have really high self-esteem. I always kind of had this grandiose idea, well, if I'm like the perfect size, then my life, everything's going to be fixed in my life. You know, everything's going to go great. And that kind of propelled me to reach out to her at some point after seeing her share workouts, share results. So many times we had cheered together in high school and I I valued what I thought she was doing was legit and helpful. And I'm sure she thought that as well. Um, She and I are, you know, we still converse occasionally and there's no bad blood Mm -hmm. there, but but yeah, it kind of, it sucked me into, you know, the beach body world and the containers. And I started Monday fix. That was the first program that I did. So of course you did. 
that's around 2016. So that, that makes sense. When, what I like to really figure out is if you go back to how, do you mind me asking your age? Uh, I'm 30. I'll be 38 this year. 37. Okay. So you're in the same age realm as I am. I'm 41. And so back in those days, you know, growing up, we did grow up with diet culture and we did grow up with, if we, you saw like Paris Hilton, who was very thin in our era, she's still thin, yeah. but we saw all of that. We were there, I guess they called it what heroin chic or whatever it was um, in the nineties. And you're right. When you say we would always think that if we were just a little bit smaller, everything would be better. Mm -hmm. And that carries over to in, in our adulthood as well. Yeah. But what I would like to know is what caused you to reach out to her, to your coach? What part of your life were you in that made you feel like you needed to take that step to become a Beachbody coach? That's a great question. I was working in a completely different field at the time. I was working in the film and entertainment industry as a art department person. I, I say person mm -hmm. because I wore so many hats, <laughs> decorator, personal, you know, production assistant. Um, you know, I dabbled in the set decoration. I was going to be a production designer. Like that was the goal. Okay. At the time. But working in that industry in Los Angeles was so stressful. It was so stressful. And so I coped with food. I coped with overeating, binging, um, mm -hmm. emotional eating. Uh, I didn't have, you know, healthy habits. I, I felt like if I could look back at my, what a day in the life looked like me then, I kind of feel like I was very self-destructive. Um, I was just looking for ways to feel good and mm -hmm. you know, just feel good day to day. I didn't have any work-life separation. I just, and I had a pretty crazy health scare happen where I, you know, they found some precancerous cells in, in my body. And my doctor told me, you know, you change a lot of things with your lifestyle, like there's an 85% chance this could resolve on its own. Um, he yeah. had a purely lifestyle and stress induced. Um, and so it took that to really propel me in the direction of, you know, I need to make some pretty significant changes. So I started with yeah. because it seemed like a viable place to start. And not to mention, I was a Shalene Johnson fan. <laughs> yeah. And this is what scares me because you said that, and this still happens to this day. You said that your doctor told you that you needed to make some lifestyle change, changes that could help reverse some of the things that you were going through. And it still happens to this day. They don't give you any resources right. on what to do. They yep. just help. And I know I'm not shaming any doctors. I'm not shaming any right. or anything like that. But I, I just I mean, I know when people say our healthcare system is broken, yeah. this is why it's also broken because you go to them when it comes to just health and, and just health related to like wellness and nutrition yeah. and movement, they don't give you any, any suggestions on what to do. They send you out there and the person, not saying the first person, but I'm sure that your coach that you've been seeing on your social media was one of the first people you thought about because you didn't get any other option from your doctor. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that it, I know doctors like have like one course that they have to take and healthy habits, but I wish there was more education there or, Hey, making sure a registered dietitian is part of your health insurance and like directing you to that. Yes. That's all they need to do is, yeah. okay, these are a list. Cause if you go there for, and I'm going to go on a tangent real quick, but if you go there for 
um, let's say you went there for something that was like mental health related. Mm -hmm. They're going to refer you to a therapist or a, psych a psychiatrist. They're going to refer you to that. Or let's say you go to your regular family doctor. I mean, I've been to my regular family doctor and I went for um, dermatology issues and he referred mm -hmm. me to a dermatologist. Why can't we get referred to a registered dietitian or a physical therapist or a CPT, a certified personal trainer? Like, why can't we get, what is wrong? Like, yeah. why can't they do that? Yeah, it's just like the runner, the rigmarole running around putting band-aids on bullet holes. It's not getting to the root of the issue, which no. I mean, you brought up a lot of really great points with, you know, the per different professionals that specialize in those fields. But so like, I really strongly believe a lot of the emotional eating, binge eating, a lot of those eating disorders or very disordered eating habits mm -hmm. are emotional, are mental. Yeah. Therapy has helped in so many ways for me. Like yes. me completely look at it through a different lens and a different perspective and process a lot of things differently. And I have so much more peace with food. So yeah. Much. Yeah. And so your doctor tells you to go, you know, make these changes. You went home or how did you, how, did you reach out to your coach? I think I reached out to her on Facebook and I just said, um, I don't know if I emailed her cause she and I were friends from high school. We did cheer together and I, or maybe I, be, I may have DM'd her and asked her for more. And then I gave her my email just to make sure she mm -hmm. had it. And then she sent me the rundown of all my options. Um, that's how I was onboarded. And then I was love bombed, put in mm -hmm. private Facebook groups and it felt really good to be welcomed so warmly. And uh, then I read the whole recruit your boyfriend, recruit your sibling or whoever oh. so that you can get emeralds. And I did that and then, I, but I was funding all of it and that was hard to sustain. Um, yeah. At the same time, I was asked if I wanted to kind of enroll in Shalene Johnson's Marketing Impact Academy with two other people. And mm -hmm. because I had I held Shalene at such a high regard and I figured she really does know her stuff. I've been listening to her since 2014. Yeah. Her podcast that I did it and I ended up going to her Marketing Impact Live. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but that's no, you're fine. Go for it. Yeah. So I, I've never had anybody that has went to that. And so this is go ahead. Keep going on your story. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I never did the Beachbody conference. So I, this to me is kind of the closest thing to it. Yeah. Just, there were a lot of Beachbody coaches there. Um, two people in particular, I don't think one of them, I don't think does Beachbody, but she was really successful because she was significantly overweight and had a really crazy rags to riches story. I don't know if you know who coach to them to them was, she was a part of my team. Her coach, Jimmy. I don't know if you know who coach Jimmy mm -hmm. is. Yep. So he was there and he's the infamous write down your hundreds people, the YouTube video that goes and I'll drop it in the show notes. Yeah. I, yeah it's pretty interesting. So your, I, your neighbor, your pharmacist, your, yeah. So I was in his downline, essentially. I don't really know what level, but I was in his downline and he was there. And of course, everyone like fawning all over him. And uh, I was just like, I didn't, I was kind of figuring all of this out and I didn't really take it too seriously at that time. Like yeah. the business side of it more. So I was just more so invested in the movement part. And he was chatting with me and he was like, oh, so, you know, he was just asking a bunch of questions. Like, oh, you know, what rank are you right now? I'm like, oh, I'm only an Emerald. People don't say only, you're an Emerald. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, but like, I'm paying for all of it. <laughs> like, it's not like it was legit. It was like, how quickly can we do this? And now having a better understanding of how all of that worked and who benefited from that um, wasn't me, uh, but yeah. there was a lot of other people in that organization. Uh, he, you know, he paid for drinks or dinner or something one night. Looking back, I'm like, as he should have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, 
he was making so much money, everybody. But uh, it was just a really interesting interaction. I think at that point, I felt all of this pressure jump on these weekly mastermind calls and you, know, you only had access to them if you were in his downline and if you were an emerald or higher. And, but he was just, I don't know, it just felt like a, I, I jumped on a couple of them, but I also worked. So I couldn't make them all live. But, and there was like this shame attached to the fact if you weren't prioritizing it. And I'm like, yeah. And they have them during the day. Yeah. yeah. They have them during the day. And it's like, you and I, so there's a lot that I have questions about, but this is the first thing that comes to mind. When you say that you felt shame about, or you would get shamed from not being on those calls, it's, I mean, you're not exaggerating because it's true. I would, uh, I, when during 2020, when the whole world shut down, I actually was working from home. And I remember one day they had, because we were working from home, they had a Zoom opportunity call, and I was like, I can't make it because I worked for LG at the time, which I don't need to explain this, but I'll explain right. it. Yeah. I worked for LG at the time, and we were getting ready to launch a phone. And because the world had shut down, I had to like Zoom trainings with my stores. And so during the time that they were having their Zoom, like Beachbody was having their, or my Beachbody's coach was having her zoom opportunity call i had to do an actual training for my work and mm -hmm. i was made to like you're not taking your business seriously and i'm like but you're having 12 o'clock in the afternoon or 11 o'clock in the afternoon and people have to work or else this doesn't get funded right. exactly exactly <laughs> like, if i don't work then my beach body business doesn't get funded right and so also you were talking about uh, the feeling of I'm only an emerald. I get that 100%, especially when you are the one funding it mm -hmm. because I mean, you get celebrated for hitting this rank, but, and you put on a show that oh, I just did it. So this is how mm -hmm. I did it. You know, I just signed up two people within whatever time, but it's, I'm paying for these people. I'm funding. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So you went to the marketing income impact Academy. Mm -hmm. My thing is, and I'm not going to talk smack about Shaleen because I know she did trigger, make me trigger the other day. She triggered me the other day, but, um, Shaleen does. I think that she has a really good, I wish that she would get out of network marketing. Yeah. I know that it's hard for her because her sister is in it so deep, but she really is pretty business savvy mm -hmm. when it comes down to what she's done in her life. Yeah. Um, how was, because Marketing Impact Academy was expensive at the time. And how was your training there? I feel like kind of the same you would probably get at a body seminar where it's like very hype, emotional. What I did like is that she had us dance in between presenters, which kind of kept yeah. the energy up. But I didn't really take anything super tangible away. And that's what was really ironic to me because I feel like she's always, especially when I listened to her podcast, it was always like, oh, she wants to give you tangible things. Um, but it was a lot of, you know, I felt like it was a lot of um, just very general, you know. Oh, no. Yeah. That's so unfortunate because those, that course is expensive. She only opens it. She used to only open it up like maybe what, once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. How much was it? Um, I think it was about 
$4,000. I yeah. split it with two other people. So I ended up paying a third of that, but I mean, still a lot. <laughs> to not take anything tangible away from you. But I, did you, so fast forward a little bit more. Have you, were you part of her Instagram or her Insta club hub? No, I think I had started to deviate from her mm -hmm. around that time, especially when she really started bringing Brock into things. I love that she's teaching her kid like be entrepreneurial. I just never really liked him. I never really vibed with him. And I just wanted to, wanted to I wanted, yeah. I had more, I felt like I had more of a connection with Shalene and not her yeah he can be controversial i know that amber was blocked by him oh, really? over over something let's be called out his misogyny and how he was shaming allegedly um, in her opinion and in mine it looked like he was shaming sex workers on oh. his on one of his reels oh. and um, but anyways, I digress. I will say I was part of the Insta Club Hub. I will say it like when the I haven't been part of it for years. I was part of it when I was mm -hmm. a, a Beachbody coach. Uh, it did help a little bit because mm -hmm. that's when reels and stuff were coming around. So yeah. they did give you tangible tips, but it's also not as expensive as what you paid for the Marketing Impact Academy. And if you all don't know what the Marketing Impact Academy is, can you just give a quick synopsis of what it was supposed to do? Yeah. And I will say like some of the lessons in there were very specific, but like overall the lot, the event that I went to was where it was a little more vague and a little more hype and a little more just, you know, yeah. FOMO, get everyone that's not here to feel yeah. like that for not being here. But, so yeah, Marketing Impact Academy is essentially um, an online course that you can invest in that is supposed to help you as a, like a resource, as a, like a business owner. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily need to be network marketing, although she does influence and recruit a lot of people that are in that network. But overall, it's just like business advice, strategies to use on social media, strategies to just marketing strategies you can use on mm -hmm. different platforms and, you know, different premiums and opt-ins you can make to help gate build your email list and all this stuff. Yeah. I feel like looking back on it, I learned a hell of a lot more. Um, sorry, <laughs> learned a hell okay. of a lot more. Uh, you know, her podcast and just watching yeah. YouTube videos. I feel like she just packaged it in a way and then overcharged everyone for it. Yeah, and and that's why it was important for me to ex for you to have to explain that because a lot of people don't realize that there are a lot of good free resources out here, and not to down Shalane. Shalane has really good advice on her. If you can look past the network marketing side, if you can actually take a lot of her stuff that she says on her podcast and her YouTube to heart, even if you watch her stuff now, when it does come to like reels and, and stuff like that. So I'm not dogging Shalene. Right. I'm just saying that I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm glad that I never felt like not say fall for it, but I'm glad I never invested in it. If I would have had the money, I would have. Yeah. Even if it was a third, I would have in a heartbeat. Um, so while you were in, in there and you were, I mean, it sounds like you were really pushing for your business. Yeah. I mean, at the same like, time, I was, I was trying to take action on things, but I do consider myself a pretty ambitious and go-getter person. I did try to do the Hey Girl messages for a time, but because I was working like crazy hours in the film industry, it just kept pulling me yeah. away from it. Um, but I also, it, I don't know if you have any other questions regarding that, but um, I ended up getting a group on to go take a kickboxing class because I've always yeah. enjoyed kickboxing and I always really like turbo kick, turbo jam, all of those. Mm -hmm. 
I loved core to force, but I, you know, I, I decided to go to a kickboxing class and I totally fell in love with it. And wow. I joined, uh, I was paying way too much per month, but it was less than I was spending on beach body. Yeah. <laughs> I invested the first time and I'm like, you know what I need like, and if I'm spending a lot of money on it, I feel like it's going to help me show up. And then the days that I'm not here, I can do my beach body workouts and work my business. And mm-hmm. I ended up like losing a significant amount of weight three months, like 25, 30 pounds. Yeah, I got recruited to instruct at this kickboxing gym. Yes. Yeah. But ended up being, it was a really great experience, but I I learned a lot mentally, emotionally, uh, and kind of was that in my journey. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want me to dive deeper into that, I can. I want it like another form of a cult. (laughs) What the kickboxing was like a cult? Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's the thing that maybe people are starting to talk about more or kind of like how fitness cults are a thing. So like orange theory, or you have like F Peloton. Peloton. I have Peloton. I love Peloton. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't have people that I see in real life that are like expecting things from me and like expecting me to show up. But when I look back on, you know, showing up, at this place, they knew my name, which was huge. And I'm like, yeah, like I was looking for that in personity that I was getting on yeah. each body and they're like, Hey, Meredith, what's up? It's giving you all this love and attention. And you know, it definitely kept me coming back because oh, it felt good. Well, I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Oh, I can hear you now. You kind of sound like you're underwater. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I, say that. I mean, uh-huh. I know people say that like Peloton is a cult or Orange Theory is a cult or your kickboxing was a call unless they're asking unless i don't see anything wrong with being around a community of people that are there to support you yeah right. they're going to get your money because you have to pay for it but it's not a pyramid scheme and you're not being asked to invest in something that's not going to help you grow I, so when you were in the kickboxing we'll call it a kickboxing call <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> were you ever asked to invest into the kickboxing gym or recruit people or and it definitely was a sales job i was teaching but i was also you know onboarding people and the way we would onboard people is you're love bombing them essentially they get their own yeah. at the end you like dancing through the of the gym mat in front of everyone else the session wraps up and you're praising them and seeing if they're mm-hmm. going to join and it just felt like looking back it does feel a little more predatory and yeah I feel like the phrase drink the Kool-Aid was shared a lot. <laughs> oh, no. Kool-Aid, yeah. Uh, I'm even guilty of saying it when I was indoctrinated oh. into it. So looking mm-hmm. kind of cringe. But no, I was involved in that for until 2018. And I left that gym and I was completely out. You were iced out of the kickboxing gym? Were you no, still all in the Beachbody call? Were you still in the Beachbody world too? So you know what, I got, actually, I quit Beachbody the first time uh, at the end of 2017. I didn't okay. leave the kickboxing gym until the beginning of 2018. And you were iced out of your, your gym? What happened? What? Why? I was having some issues with some of the professionalism of some of the, uh, the instructors there. And it just seemed like some people could do it and not have any consequences. And it would definitely be, you would Im- negatively impact the, you know, anyone else who was working with them. Uh, and I voiced that repeatedly in a constructive way. I went through the proper, you know, proper connections, you know, bring it to my supervisor and have them like handle it. Uh, nothing ever got handled. It's kind of reached a point where I'm like, this just isn't fun anymore. I'm not enjoying this. So yeah. I decided that it was the best decision for me to step away. And I th- felt like I did it in a very professional way, but I came in for one of my, you know, 
gave them a two weeks notice. I came in for a, a shift that was a part of that two weeks notice. And the next thing you know, I'm being walked out with the owner and telling, being told that oh, they don't want me to be unhappy. So they're just kind of, they're going to pay me for the rest of the time that I was intended to work, but I didn't need to be there. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. Wow. You were iced out of your kickboxing gym because you gave weeks notice. What is wrong with people? Literally, what is wrong with people? No. So did that make you go back to Beachbody? Well, it actually, this is just, there's so many layers, Cheryl. So yeah, many layers. Um, so I, while I was at the fitness kickboxing gym that I taught at, I had kind of itching for a while to learn more about Muay Thai because I was teaching fitness kickboxing. So, yeah, that's great. I, I need something to like challenge me mentally well as physically. So I'm like, you know what? I want to go to a martial arts gym. I want to learn more about kickboxing and maybe learn some other martial arts skills like jujitsu or Krav Maga mm -hmm. for like self-defense and stuff. So I ended up signing up for a gym that was not far from the kickboxing gym or a, a martial arts studio. And I started going and quickly became the golden child there because I don't think me, people like me walk into places like that very often. Yeah with, you know, endurance that I had built, the stamina that I built, that I had built. Uh, and not to mention that I was very coachable and I was very like, yeah. you know, I was, I don't know, I guess I just, my, my personality type kind of wants to be the best at anything I set my mind to, and that can be manipulated. Yeah. Um, so I had already started going to this Muay Thai gym for a couple of months before I left the kickboxing, the fitness kickboxing gym. It was an I Love Kickboxing. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> no. the, that's the franchise I used to work for. Now I think it's called Kick House because I love kickboxing have legal issues. Oh, I love kickboxing. Yes. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So then I started going to this, uh, this uh, it was called Elite Martial Art Training Center and was having a great time feeling challenged and stuff. And, I mean, there was one really great benefit that came from it. I met my husband there. <laughs> we, were, we were training partners and then uh, we ended up both getting out of that that martial arts cult and, uh, <laughs> and left. But I was basically grew to become an instructor at this martial arts gym and I thought it was like oh my gosh these people have like black belts and these people have all these like skills and they're like looking yeah. at me, wow you actually are going to be an asset of this place and you know I invested in a Thailand trip that I never ended up getting to go on because during that time they were always they were always incentivizing people to train through injuries train oh. train through pain uh, to uh, just be there, you know, be putting in as much effort as you can, basically making it your second job, essentially, just you know, the time that you're spending there. I like the fact that you're bringing this stuff up because people need to understand that it's easy, that it's not just Beachbody that can actually be harmful to you. Training through pain is bad. Yep. Yep. I, I've just now learned that. Mm -hmm. This week, this just now, because mm -hmm. I used to work through my pain, through the pain. Yeah. If, you, if you don't, if you wake up this morning and you're sore, then just get up and just do that push play and put, do that workout because that'll help you from being sore. Yep. It's praised. I mean, I was, I mean, I definitely, first of all, I got to backtrack a little bit. When I started doing this martial arts gym and became so obsessed with it, I ended up starting to train there like three hours a day. It was <sighs> a lot. And I was doing wow. like a week. I was overtraining so much and I, it felt good. Like I felt like it released a lot of anxiety for me. And I, lear I learned later that I'm ADHD as many women in their thirties are learning and their forties are learning. Mm -hmm. And I just really, I just 
was getting the dopamine from all the praise. Uh, I was feeling challenged. I was, you know, it was helping me like work through a lot of my inattention uh, issues and hyperactivity issues without mm-hmm. knowing. Um, but I was definitely not eating enough uh, for the mm-hmm. amount of training that I was doing. I was doing, doing recovery. I was exhausted all the time. If I wasn't training, I was sleeping. Like it was not a really using, Yeah. Using that, that pre-workout to keep you moving. And one of the things that really became an epiphany for me is I'm the weight that I always wanted to be. Like I went from being like a size, I think at my heaviest, I know, I think I was almost 200 pounds at my heaviest, which I'm 10. So that's not really like crazy. That, yeah. But I, back when I was like obsessed with size and obsessed with well, how much weight I was. We all carry weight differently. Maybe because I know for me, I'm 5'4", and people, if I told them how much they uh, weigh, they would be like, what? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah. Or that, what I, I've, when I, the last time I jumped on a scale, what it told mm-hmm. me, I, I carry a lot of muscle in, in my lower body. Mm-hmm. But I'm not making that up. I'm not saying I'm a big bone. No, absolutely. Do, but like for you being almost 5'10 and being 200, almost 200 pounds, some women, you wouldn't even really notice it because it would be in high. Yeah. But yeah. if, if you're not comfortable at yeah. that size, then, that can really start messing with your head, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. And the, the epiphany that I had is, you know, cause I was down to like a size two, zero. I was really lean, like really lean. And I was strong. I was fast, but also at the same time, I felt like looking back, if I had been properly fueling my body and not training, yeah. as much, I probably could have been a lot stronger and I could have avoided the injury I ended up succumbing to during a, a seminar you were encouraged to go to these seminars and this was yeah. shoulder injury. Uh, one of the seminars was learning how to fight in and around your vehicle. So if you're attacked, yeah. and you know how to use elements of your vehicle, like your door or your seatbelt or other areas where you could really disarm an attacker. Good stuff to know really. Yeah. Great. But I had already also been training that morning at the gym for like three hours. And then the seminar was going to be another four hours and I hadn't brought food with me. So I didn't eat. And then I decided to stay and do the seminar because I was encouraged to do so. I knew it would look good to the, to the owner and to the instructors if I had done it. So I did. And I ended up getting grabbed from behind bear hug style. And when I went to shrug out of it to move and do what I was supposed to do, which I did, but I ended up passing up my shoulder. I ended up getting a a really severe labral tear and uh, raised for training through it and showing up to sessions and uh, in a sling. One of the uh, things my husband said to me when he first met, you know, just as a friend, after I'd gotten injured, he's like, what are you doing here? Like, why aren't you at a doctor? Like, why aren't you yeah. getting fine? Totally fine. It's going to be great. I didn't train- not. No, I trained in a sling for eight months. I did not get an MRI. I did not do any of the things that I should have done until later. And then I finally realized how bad the tear was. And I was continuing to dislocate my shoulder. <laughs> I ended up having to have surgery, which it was interesting because I was supposed to have like a rebound, like you're going to be back in PT, like in a couple days. But when they got in there and they realized how bad it was, mm-hmm. they're like, you're not moving it for a month before you go to mm-hmm. PT. That was a whole other mental struggle. Shoulder injuries are not cool. I had I want to say, I I can't specifically say this. I don't know, but I do know that I had a car accident. I think that years and years of like over-exercising and over-training with Beachbody and then this car accident and then the jarring and moving, just like the car accident just topped it completely off. And as soon as I 
was done with my surgery. I was convinced I was going to be able to move, but they were like, no, you have to wait. I only had to wait two weeks, but I, once I went back, went to physical therapy, I was trying to do T25 on the days that I didn't have physical therapy. What? Yeah. Was it, were you like in a sling while you were trying to do it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because even when you go to physical therapy, so at two weeks when I went back, we started going to physical therapy and they started taking my shoulder because they don't let you move your shoulder, your arm for, until you go see, go to the doctor. Right. Or until you go to physical therapy. I asked my doctor, I can remember, I said, have you ever heard of T25? And he was like, I saw the maker of insanity. People know that. And he was like, yeah. And he was like, what's this? And I'm like, oh, it's like a lower in, impact pipe. No, it's not. It's uh-uh. really not. And he was like, well, I don't mind if you do home workouts, but I need you not to do any type of like push-ups or anything, you know, weight-bearing on your arm or with lifting yeah. weights or anything. And so I did one arm, one arm like planks and moved my arm like this back and forth. Mm-hmm. Did court of force thinking I was going to rehab that baby. Oh man. Oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. <laughs> yeah. So I get you. I get your, your push. Yeah. I do. Yeah. You push through. You Were you a coach even when you were in martial arts too? No, I wasn't in with Beachbody at all at that point. I think, yeah. you know, I think I maybe was still drinking shaky. Yeah. Maybe it was just leftover shakeology. Isn't it crazy that you went yeah. from a beach body cult to a kickboxing cult to a martial arts cult? <laughs> I know. It's, it's a lot of layers. I'm still unpacking all of it. <laughs> I just don't. And it sounds like the kickboxing cult and the martial arts cult was just as bad as beach body, other than making you sign your partner up to rank up to a right, <laughs> right, right. while you were pushing through your pain. Yeah. Nobody came to you and said, maybe you should like, you're put, like, you're giving off a really bad look to maybe our, our people that come here that they shouldn't be working out through a sling or nothing. Nope. If anything, they would have been texting me if I wasn't there saying, where are you? I mean, they even what? had plans because they, they ended up bringing me on as an instructor at the martial arts gym like, well, instruct. like, that's fine. Like I can instruct people. That's not, that doesn't require me really having to perform it. I can just, I had been instructing for so long. I felt really confident in giving yeah. instruction. So that was fine, but they were bringing me to like this leadership role and they wanted me to, I was supposed to be going to Thailand. And when the shoulder injury happened, I was like, yeah, there's just no way. And then I had my shoulder, my surgery date. And they're like, oh, well the next day you can just be in here watching. No, exactly. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. And it it took me getting to a place where I was so defensive and pissed off and angry and resentful at not just them, but myself for not listening to my intuition um, and letting myself get pressured into continuing to show up through an injury and setting a bad example. But there were a lot of people there that were older that had been doing the same thing and they were praised, praised, like shout out at the beginning of class. This is unhealthy, toxic yeah. exercise culture. <laughs> like, it was so expensive at this martial arts gym. It was like $200 a month. And then like to belt up or to do a belt test, it was like another $50. And then any seminar you wanted to do was more. And it was like, yeah. you're always getting this pressure to like in, put more money in, put more money in, put more money in. 
Oh yeah, my my son took Taekwondo. I refused to pay for it because I, I it's in, so his dad did. But mm-hmm. I, once his dad couldn't pay for it anymore, we'll just mm-hmm. say that he wanted to keep going, and I saw how expensive it was, and I was like, "There's absolutely no way." Yeah, um, you have a little brother, and we no, we can't afford that. Wow. So yeah. you went from one extreme to another extreme. So, so wh- how? What was next? Uh, it was that uh, when I was recovering from my surgery, goodness for my husband, because he really was my accountability and reinforced yeah. the, the listen to the doctor. Don't move it if you're not supposed to. If you do get to move it, do it how he says to. And he, I lucked out with the surgeon that I went to with at USC and he did jujitsu. So he was very mm-hmm. familiar with like martial arts and he was able to give me clear parameters around what I couldn't, couldn't do. And when I was clear, like punch again. So I, I followed the protocol. I, my, I healed really great. My, I have full Good. You know, I still don't have as much strength on this side, so I'm still working on it. I'm doing a lot of yoga mm-hmm. these days, but at the same time, like I was you know, recovering from a surgery or injury. It's like mentally, it's just very challenging and really yeah. like eternity. And there was a lot of depression and I felt really in another vulnerable state. And I decided, you know, I just really didn't invest too much energy in the beach body. Maybe I should do it again. I swear to you, that's when I thought, is that when I thought? I almost want to say it is. Yeah. Was when I was in my shoulder surgery. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it gives you something to do. It gives you mm-hmm. something to look forward to. It gives you something to, wow. So you reached out to someone? Yeah, I reached out to my same, the same girl that was my upline before. Okay. Um, and she plugged me back in, took me back with open arms. And um, that was in early 2019. I really started, I think it was when T20 came out. Yeah, um, I was doing that. And because I had, I had built such an influence on the members that I was coaching in the area, they still, they missed me being at the gym that I used to teach at. And so a lot of them still really looked up to me and you know, they reached out to me when they saw me rehabbing, you know, when I was cleared to do so and mm-hmm. start to really try to rebuild the strength that I once have and get back into kind of a prime physical state that I, I yeah. wanted to be at. And I was able to recruit members. I never really recruited coaches the second time around. Because Cheryl, you're going to laugh. So two of the members of the previous kickboxing gym that I worked at decided Uh one of them was a police officer. The other one was a, was her wife. And they decided they wanted to open their own. I love kickboxing. And they had asked me previously if I wanted to come and manage their gym because they missed me. And they really liked my energy. They really liked my classes. I told them the first time months go by, I was in the beach body stuff. They started seeing that I was cleared to like move again. So they asked if I would come take a class and just see their gym, see how things are going. And then I got offered a job when I went there. And so you're back into the kickboxing cult. But yes, I'm I'm a very slow learner. (laughs) I think it's just like my, I think my ego just really enjoyed getting praise and attention. Love them. Yeah. I just, it really, I was just hook, line and sinker. Um, So I started working at that gym and it was a bit, it was a little bit of a different experience, different type of uh, clientele. It wasn't really close to where I had worked before, but it was a long drive. I was driving like 27 miles a day to go to this gym Wow. in, in Los Angeles, Los Angeles to Orange County. Yeah. You you don't still live in LA because you're on the East coast. I live in North Carolina now. Wow. Why'd you move away from California? That's sidetracked. Sorry. Well, my husband and I got married at the end of 
2019 in September, and we wanted to, he wanted to live closer to his family. His dad was going through some medical stuff. So he moved there with the intent of potentially buying something in Denver where his family lived, but then the pandemic happened and housing market went insane. You know, I, the beautiful thing that came from all of this insanity is that I really decided I had a lot of gut inklings along the way of this isn't right, or why do I have to do this? Or this doesn't seem good, but the people pleaser and me like, no, don't make waves. Just keep going, keep doing what you're, what you're told. I decided, you know, I'm like, screw this. Like, I'm going to get certified. Like, I'm going to be right. a personal trainer. I want to be able to have the knowledge and the wherewithal and the professional credential to like say, no, I'm not going to do what you say. I'm what I know and how I feel. So I did yeah. that. I ended up getting uh, certified through NASM. And then I got hired in Denver to manage a gym. And it was an anytime fitness. And then the pandemic happened. So I was managing a gym during the pandemic, which was awful. <laughs> Awful. Um, I ended up leaving that position um, when I was hired on to the place I work at now, uh, where I am a nationally board certified health and wellness coach for it essentially is a program that's offered through health insurance. Um, okay. And it's more of a focused on behavior and lifestyle change, which aligned way more to me than just like the quick fix. Yes. What I grew to believe is like not the way to do it. Well, if because long term result. I mean, behavior and lifestyle change. I know this now. I still. Try. I still have, find myself struggling, falling for like, or think not, not for, but thinking, oh, if I do this, then I can, I know how to lose weight fast. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't last. Exactly. And I'm not strong yeah. and I don't have the energy. I, I think I said it on the snark crew live the other day. I said this past week, I've really made it a note or I've been mindful of eating three meals. Mm-hmm. I don't normally eat three meals. I, I've noticed that when I don't eat meals today, I need more caffeine throughout the day to stay awake. Yeah. Yeah. And I am so tired. Yep. And I asked, I was talking to my mom yesterday. And if anybody knows, I talk to my mom pretty much every day. But I, I was telling her, she she's always yawning when she's when we're talking because she's on her way home from work mm-hmm. and it's a long drive. And I said, mom, what, what's, what have you eaten this week yeah. or today? And she's like, what do you mean? What have I eaten today? I'm like, if you, if you haven't eaten enough, that's why you're tired. Yeah. Like you need to really start. And, and she's Cheryl, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know, mom. Apparently I'm an expert now. <laughs> It's yeah. things that you learn, um, and I'm glad that you took that. Well, let me backtrack real quick. You said that you were in, um, you went back to Beachbody. What made you leave again? Um, I honestly just didn't have the time to dedicate to it uh, because I kind of felt like looking back on it, kicking kind of pulled me out of Beachbody both times. Yeah. Same job. But, but so you were a coach both times, mm-hmm. and but why would you, this me playing dumb, why would you need time? If you were just, if it's as easy as uh, time freedom. Because it isn't easy. Bubbles. It's not. Okay. And they make okay. it matter of fact, and then you think something's wrong with you. And you're like, well, Correct. what are you not doing? I, I agree. Um, For the people that might be listening that just stumbled across this podcast and are still in Beachbody, would you explain to them how normal to work every single free time moment that you have on your phone? Absolutely. Like, would you... Okay. It it isn't healthy. And it's really just, it's just hijacking. They're hijacking your time. They're hijacking your energy. 
and emotionally and mentally and physically manipulating you during the process. So it makes you question everything that you know. It makes you question everything that you believe to be true. And it makes you kind of gas. You kind of get into a point of kind of gaslighting yourself because you're being gaslit all the time. It's supposed to be so easy. Yeah. It's supposed to take pockets of time. But this is, I'm hopping on like YouTube looking up videos and getting pressured by G Coach Jimmy uh, to hop on these weekly calls and just implement what I'm being taught. Yet a lot of it isn't very concrete information. It's very right. interpretation. And then when you see people that are having success with it, like the, the coach that was my upline, she became like a two or three star diamond, but like an interesting story that she shared with me. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm deviating. So I can circle back. You're to fine. That. Nope, you're fine. Um, she had been, she had earned a trip to Disneyland or Disney World with Coach Jimmy and whoever else met his his standards yeah mm -hmm. he made them buy uh, outfits for disney bounding essentially so they had to like dress up as disney characters but like without dressing up as disney characters are you familiar with that no never heard of that it's called i think it's called disney bounding it's essentially where like you have a character like if you're going to dress up as snow white you're essentially going to wear like maybe a blue shirt with a yellow okay. pair of shorts and maybe like, a red headband or something like uh -huh. that. So everyone's dressed as a different character. And if you were to look at them online and see like what they were sharing, it looked like they were having a great time. Yeah. I, when she came back from that trip and she shared kind of the reality behind it, was not good. <laughs> was not good. What? I mean, a lot of things were forced. And if we didn't meet the standards or if we didn't do all the things that he said that we needed to do, there would be negative consequences. I don't know what the what? consequences were, but yeah, it was just, it was crazy. Anyways, so they hijack your time, they hijack your energy, and they just, they want to keep you busy so that you're not able to question things and you're not able or think to for yourself. think for yourself, do research, listen to the people around you that love you and care about you and want to make sure that you're not getting into something that is going to be negative on your health your mindset or your mental state, your, your day-to-day that's going to impact other areas of your life. I hope that answers your question. Um, but yeah, so right, they hijack your time. And I agree with everything that you said. Do you, when you left Beachbody, you were still in the kickboxing cult. Yeah. How did you, what woke you up one day to where you did, you said that you went and, you know, certified and, you know, what woke you up? To, to quit all of it and to actually work for yourself, actually get the certifications for yourself. Yeah, I definitely, I had my surgery at the end of 2018. My husband and I were just date. We had just started dating. I think we had yeah. just been together. And he took care of me through all that, which was really sweet. But we, we've experienced a lot in the time we've been together. It's crazy. Uh, but what I decided was during, you know, when I was, recovering from that. And when I decided to get back into both Beachbody and so the new kickboxing gym was supposed to be a different experience. This would be different. Uh, at least yeah. I told myself um, at the same time, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do this differently where I'm actually going to start the process of studying for my certification. And I enrolled in it. I was studying in, you know, all the downtime that I wasn't at the, the kickboxing gym or on my days off. I took mm -hmm. the test four days before I, I got married. Yeah. Wow. And then I learned that I passed, which I was really excited about because um, awesome. I started really that thing. Uh, and then the next month later, I was moving to Denver. I'd already landed a job as a, a general manager and a personal trainer for the gym. But I, I think the, the intent was to do it differently. Well, if I yeah. have expertise, if I have 
the knowledge, it's going to help me make better choices. And I'm going to be able to give people more, I guess, science-backed information if I am giving any, if people are asking me questions or people giving right. The oxygen, it's like people that are coming in, that are taking your classes, you know, you build rapport with them, you build a bond with them, you see them experience results and feel good and, and start to like really just get invested into this, which I believe having a sense of community is so important to keep anyone in this kind of fitness routine, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but it really does help people stick with it. Um, but at the same time, not getting to a place where I'm like being idolized and I'm uh, there is a yeah, there is a fine line and you have to be careful because so for me, I, I know people say Peloton is a cult. I get it. I am part like a couple groups when mm -hmm. it comes to uh, one, the one big group I'm a part of is hardcore on the floor. And that gives us um, a real personal trainer creates the, the monthly calendars that you can oh. follow if you want to. Um, but I'm really careful being in these communities because yeah. I don't want to get too deep right. into them because I can fall for it very easily. But for you and what I noticed, do you think that when you started going to school and becoming more educated, do you think you then started seeing the the red flag from yeah. being in like Beach Body and your kickboxing cult and your martial arts cult? I mean, definitely. But I think that what really was the name that really helped me develop more of a la the language for what I was going through and know that, oh, no, this isn't just me. This isn't just in yeah. my, I'm not just overreacting. I'm not just the experience that I had leaving the cult was very much like I was, it was a grieving process. And I didn't yeah. that was what I was going through. And I feel like one, I lost my train of thought there for a second. What I was trying to say is that I feel like I'm uh, the anti uproar that started in 2020 mm -hmm. really drew me in and made me realize that I'm not alone and I'm not yeah. the only one going through this. It's scary how many people have very similar stories. It, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's scary when you think about it, period. You even said that you still have friends in Beachbody, like you're still okay yeah. with your old coach, but you're not okay. But your old kicking gym throws you out. And yeah. people don't realize that there is a, a grieving process that goes after, through all of that. Because for me, I'm the total opposite. I don't have any friends from Beachbody. I have Beachbody people that I actually talk to now, mm -hmm. but they were never on my group. They were never on my team. And they're people that, believe it or not, you know, I don't hate every Beachbody coach. And I, I don't hate any, but we have conversations about certain things when I'm just like, if if you're trying to do it different, you're trying to do it different, but all in all, you're still paying into the MLM. That's another thing. But anyways, no, you go through a grieving process. You don't have anyone there for you because you feel like you're all alone and you're going crazy because am I, am I? Yeah. Yeah. And so the anti-MLM movement or whatever, it does help to see or to hear other people share their stories and know that you're not alone. So after you started going to school, you became, you became all, you working for your new job now and you found the anti-MLM genre. What made you, making you stay out of MLMs or getting back into a cult? Because you seem to be a very slippery slope into <laughs> joining into different 
cult-like communities. Yeah, I know, right? Um, no, I think honestly, I listen to anti-MLM. Uh, I listen to a lot of anti-MLM quite frequently. Um, I'm yeah. very much into professional development. I'm studying to become a nutrition coach, kind of like Jen. Yeah. Uh, when I got board certified as a health and wellness coach, that's ready to grow. Um, but I think behaviorally and lifestyle-wise, I think listening to anti-MLM pretty often just continues to reinforce and help me process through what I've been through. And, and it really has given me a lot of uh, self-acceptance that I don't need the validation from other people. Yeah. Um, I know that I'm worthy. I know that I'm, you know, I'm doing the work therapy helped quite a bit too. So I think yes. part of it, but I think just really starting to trust how I feel about things. People don't agree and just being firm in that and not being such a people pleaser. I think that kind of shaking myself out of that people pleasing tendency. I'm not perfect. Obviously I still, we yeah. don't, back into things from time to time. But if someone else, you know, or if a whole group of people think differently than me, I obviously am open to like having a conversation, but I'm not, I'm le way less likely to get sucked back into things. It really yeah. helped me evolve. Do you think that, that when you become, when you opening your eyes to the unethical behaviors to like MLMs and like what has no, like what sounds like you're talking about is like gym cult-like behavior. Mm -hmm. Do you think setting boundaries standing up for yourself, help, or that, where does, because I've noticed it, I've never set boundaries before, right. and people, and, and I've always said, I'm open to have a discussion with anyone as long as you're, that, and that's fine, but I never had these boundaries before, I never had these whatsoever, I would, I was a people pleaser, believe it or not, I really was, and I think that's where a lot of people fall when they're like, oh, I just want to support my friend. Oh, I'll know. I'll, your friend comes to you because it's end of month and they need another cell. And you're like, you know, can I count on you to buy this lipstick or can I count on you to buy this supplement? And yes, I'm doing a favor for my friend. You really do have to stop being a people pleaser and set those boundaries. And that's something that I've learned in the past year. Yeah. Therapy definitely helped, but the anti MLM community or anti MLM genre whatever we're called i don't know what they want to <laughs> call us but in the area in the community that i'm in it's okay to set boundaries and stand right. up for yourself and know is a complete set yeah absolutely and I I, it makes knowledge. us stronger yeah yeah knowledge and knowledge is power and i think boundaries are so necessary kind of yeah. like you never even growing up i didn't know what boundaries were and if i no. did you know, even try to set boundary without even knowing yeah. they were never appreciated they were never you were made to think you were too difficult. independent or too difficult or oh, nobody wants a woman nobody wants a strong independent person and so you just to be a people pleaser you give in and i think that's a lot of the things that people don't understand is you did mention that you started going to therapy i think that it's really important for people that are in mlms and get out I think it's really important. Um, maybe you just go and talk to somebody one time, mm -hmm. but think that that's your, do you agree? Definitely. And I think there's still a lot of people, especially older generations that are unpacking this idea that therapy is a quack job or, you know, you're crazy if you go to therapy, but yeah, it really does give you the tools to help you make your life better and help feel better about your decisions and help you process things that maybe you've never processed before. Yeah. Push them down. Not, let's not, let's pretend like that didn't happen or let's just yeah. that and let's move past it. You know, I think, you know, therapy is crucial. I think everybody needs therapy, just yeah. whether it's yeah. 
just want you know, to get started to point you in the direction of resources or yeah. if it's something that you want to pursue weekly or monthly or bi-weekly or whatever. Oh, Meredith, I appreciate you coming on to the show. Um, I did not even realize we've been talking for so long. It's crazy. It's okay. I, I could have listened to your whole, did, did we cover, um, I could do it all over again, Will. But have you, have we covered everything that you wanted to cover coming on to the podcast? I believe so. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it was um, nice to tell my story and kind of share like the insanity outside of just Beachbody, that kind of yeah. journey that I've been on. And it's, I'm really grateful it's coming to a really like beautiful place. And I really yeah. feel so much more grounded and so much more empowered. And, you know, even though I don't work out every single minute, every single day, my relationship with food has changed. I have a much more balanced approach to like work and life uh, yeah. movement. And, and how did you hmm. not, I'm sorry to interrupt, um, yeah. but how did you get to that point? What did you, I mean, I know you go to school for it, but what, are there any tips or tricks that you can share? with the audience about how you started the journey to be co more comfortable with exercise or not moving as much as what you were programmed before and food wise, do you have any advice on that? Yeah, um, I would say that, you know, it is a process that's not going to happen overnight. Um, kind of like what you were saying earlier when you were having your conversation with your mom about, you know, her being yeah. tired, like asking her what she ate and really starting to pay attention to how you feel on the days that you maybe eat consistently versus the days that you don't, you know, no need. I kind of feel a little more brain fog today because I, I think I skipped a meal. Like, oh, I actually had a really great balanced meal. And now I feel like I can do my job and I can yeah. do it in a wonderful, like powerful way. So I would say just starting small, something as simple as just, obviously we can we want food to be enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much of the mindset, like everything in balance everything in moderation, like there's nothing's off limits. Cause I feel like that's, you, you can get into that extreme mindset with diet culture really mm -hmm. quick. Um, I'm not even the biggest fan of food track, um, I think paying attention to be more intuitive with how you eat and how, what your body signals are telling you. Yeah. I think honestly, a lot of it started, you know, a lot of the healing began with changing how I was looking at food and, and how I felt when I ate certain things and how it showed up later in my day. Like, did I have cravings later at night? Because Maybe I didn't eat enough earlier in the day. Um, you know, and the information that I was learning on top of that as a health coach and a personal trainer, like really just helped build upon that and made me steadfast. The changes that I was making were really helpful. Um, yeah. there's, there's a book that I recommend. I, you all, I think, have mentioned it. I don't know who did, but maybe I'm thinking of another anti-MLR person, but The Body Keeps the Score. I think I have The Body Keeps the Score. I think... That might be in my description. Okay. But yeah. if it's not, I will put it in my description. That is a wonderful book. Love that book. Another one that I'm a big fan of is Health at Every Size. Uh, Yes, I have that in my description. I know I do. Yep. Yeah. So, Health are... at Every Size and The Body Keeps a Score, you said? Yeah. And then another one that I would recommend is in, it's called Intuitive Eating. Which I think you did. Oh yeah, Olstad's thing where she didn't read the book or whatever. But I've read the yeah. book. She, she, did the, she, she did the workbook. Yeah, yeah, she did the workbook. She flipped through through the workbook. Yeah. So the books that I have, the intuitive eating. Oh, what did you say it was? What book was it? Uh, the body keeps the score. Okay. Then there's health at every size. I don't have those books on there. Okay. I will definitely add these books yeah. to my list. Yeah. Um, just so everyone knows that 
uh, in the past few episodes, there is now a new part of the description where I have non-diet and body image books in there. So I'll add that in there. Yeah, I mean, it really Health at Every Size talks a lot about, you know, it kind of instills this belief that I feel with more and more people are adopting, like, just because someone's thin doesn't mean they're healthy. Just because someone's yeah. a bigger body doesn't mean they're unhealthy. Uh, you know, talking a lot about set points, so where your body's set point is, kind of how that fluffed over time. But it does dive deeper into certain aspects of health that are really important. So, yeah. You know, it's a bit, it's more nuanced. There's just more variables. It's not just about the size of your body. And I don't know if anyone here has ever, or if any of you watch, uh, watch Savvy Writes books. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, love, I love her. And she kind of changed my perspective on body image because she, I love, how, you know, bold she is and how she just is very, she's very smart too, but yeah. Talked about not wanting to be small. I don't want to shrink myself. I want to be big. I want to be strong. And so I've started to adopt that mindset. Like I'm, I don't really care about the size clothes that I'm wearing. All yeah. I care is that I feel good, that I'm strong. And I do want to take up more space, whether it's physically mm-hmm. or mentally or emotionally or whatever. I just, I don't yeah. want to, I'm not trying to be small. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful because there are like somebody for myself as myself, I, I went through the past couple of years, gaining and losing and yeah. gaining again. And right now I'm at this point where I am doing my best to be comfortable with where I am and not focusing so much on the size of me, but how I'm feeling. And yeah. so I personally know, and somebody might, you know, think that this is diet culture. I'm not, I, I promise you, I'm not thinking of it that way. Personally, know that when I am a little bit smaller, not small, but when I've, there are certain things, my knees don't hurt as bad. Right. So for me, am I trying to get a little bit smaller per se? Yeah, I am. Only because I know my knees will do better and my ankles would do better. But I mean, I'm not intentionally going out here to lose weight for. But I think that's something that people need to also understand is it's okay. Like just because people want to be like body neutral or body positive, it's okay if you want to go on some type of weight loss journey. And I mean, from this, that's just where I'm at. I'm not stressing about it though, because before I would obsessively be tracking yeah. and everything. I'm just, like you said, I'm literally just being more mindful of how I feel when I eat and when I don't eat. Yeah, absolutely. And that has been very eye-opening yeah. for me. It's good information to have. And whether you're yeah. just noting it or if you're writing it down, like I know for some people, they like to have that information down, written if down. I, it triggers me if I write no, it down. That's okay. Yeah. But it, like I said, yeah. being mindful of it. And I think that, you know, paying attention to feel and using that as a motivator or yep. to reduce your body fat or to reduce mm-hmm. your body change your body composition like you're doing yeah. it for I think health-driven reasons it's not just yeah. it's not just because you feel like I need to fit in this box to yeah. be accepted. but I will also say if, if anybody's listening to me I will also say because I'm sure Jen is yelling at this podcast right now I do do mobility exercise do I do what she tells me if she's given me mobility exercises I'm so bad at doing them but I do, and I have learned uh, not to overdo it. That's why I said, I don't think that people understand that 
it's really hard to get out of the mentalities of working out every single day, like not checking something off the calendar. And if you don't check it off of the calendar, then you double up the next. That's so toxic and just leads you down a really bad spiral. So for me, I just do what feels good to a certain extent. Leg day, I hate Mm -hmm. because obviously my knees are already sore. But just work with a professional, ask the questions. Yep. And if they give you some type of like blanket answer, lose weight you need to do this in order for this or like for your numbers to go down Mm -hmm. ask questions be like do you have a personal trainer you recommend do you have a physical therapist that you recommend do you have a registered dietitian that you recommend i think that's what it's going to take for us to stop getting those like and answers and then turning us loose and letting us go on the internet because the first thing you type in that's going to pop up about weight loss is going to be whatever's paying the most for that SEO. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's just, there's no one-stop shop <laughs> for yeah. health and wellness. It's there's so many variables. And I think that, you know, I think Jen says a lot, the social determinants of health, you know, that is yeah. very real thing and, you know, important to have them empathy and understanding to that being a huge factor in a lot of people's lives and why they can't necessarily be as healthy as in other areas or other economic. Yeah. But yeah, I I really love that all of this is what you all are doing. I love watching you all. It's so much fun watching you all. Um, And I I feel like I've heard a couple of times where people, you know, not just you with like other people like, oh, health coaching isn't a real thing. And I'm like, it is a real thing. And I'm (laughs) certified and I need to make sure that I, you know, I add that to the conversation. Can you tell us a little bit more about like how it is a real thing and what, I mean, because the more we know is the better, right? What is it? What is health coaching? And can I just go on the internet and buy a certificate for it? Or is there training or certifications you have to go through? Yeah, I was, I was actually, I was able to do it through my job. Um, you can actually enroll in classes for it. Okay. I did classes once a week for, no, I'm sorry, three times a week, so three hours a week for six months. Okay. On top of that, I had to do multiple uh, practicals. So I had to do coaching sessions that were evaluated. And then there, I had to log a certain amount of coaching sessions to even be able to apply for the exam. Uh, And then once I did the exam, I took it, I think November of last year, and I found it and decided I passed. Um, It was a really hard exam. It was like, there was no yes or no questions. It was like, here's a huge paragraph and based on the way people are learning, what stage of change are they in and how would it was like the best possible answer. And it can can be subjective if you don't have the knowledge, but essentially I meet people where they're at. I'm not prescribing anything. I'm not, uh, I I have to take my personal trainer hat off, which can be hard. Mm -hmm. And I have to come at a place from more curiosity um, and asking just people questions to help them come to their own conclusions based on the information that I share in our sessions Mm -hmm. that we have and figuring out the best of them. I'm never going to tell people not to do certain things. I'm never going to say that this is bad or this is good. Um, This is all part of the process of like really learning to trust yourself and know that you actually have a lot of the answers. You're not going to find that, you know, in other people, unless you're like seeking out like professional advice to a specific problem, or if you have a medical condition, Mm -hmm. you know, I do have to say a lot of times with my clients, I guess, um, no, this is out of scope for me. I have to quite a bit because I think people are still trying to understand what coaching is. And I have yeah. to use 
define that when we first start our session. This isn't therapy. I'm not going to tell you what to do, when to do it, what to eat, how to eat. You get yeah. to decide all of this on your own. I'm here to ask you questions. I'm here to you know, be a partner with you. I like to say um, we're in a, we're on a road trip and I'm in the passenger yeah. seat and I'm and you kind of see things maybe you didn't see uh, or maybe that you weren't paying attention to or looking at a lens. So thinking mm -hmm. in a more like a partnership role where I'm guiding, but I'm also supporting. Okay. And do you ever have like your personal trainer hat? Is it allowed to come in? When sometimes you're a health coach? sometimes yeah. I usually people have to ask me things. I can't just start yeah. to tell people what to do. And that's the hard part. Yeah. You're a trainer. Typically that's the stance you have. You yeah. have to do. Uh, or people want to be told what to do. I mean, I, I definitely am guilty of that myself. Like, tell me what yeah. to do. I want to know. But yeah, no, it's, it's really shifting from, if, if they ask me specific questions, I can say, well, this is what I know. So, yeah. you know, maybe you do do more research and, and seek out additional support. I, I talk about registered dietitians a lot in my program. And it's amazing what people will invest in that are programs like Optavia. Like, once makes me want to. Yeah. Um, but they could have easily spent that money or less just seeing a dietitian or yes. a personal trainer. And it's like, I don't think that people have need. To, I, I think that people need to hear that more because I'm definitely guilty of that. Mm -hmm. I have, it's taken me a year to reach out to the registered dietitian that Jen and them use. Mm -hmm. He's very familiar with the way we've been programmed. Yeah. And, um, and it's taken me over a year, but it only took me five seconds to sign up for Beachbody, which mm -hmm. is the exact same cost. And this is, and sometimes registered dietitians can be covered under your health insurance. Yeah. A lot of plans, at least a couple of visits. Maybe does not. your, does health coaching get covered under health insurance? Yes. Do you know? uh, the yeah. The program that I coach right now is offered through a health insurance. It's like an incentive to help people yeah. stay healthy or I also teach a, I facilitate a, a diabetes prevention program uh, okay. and a health program um, in addition to like the weight loss program, even though I yeah. don't like that. Uh, we have some more programs that are coming up in the near future, I think, because yeah. the company that I work for was just did a joint merger with another company. So we're trying to bring it direct to consumer um, so that people, if they did want to just enroll in it, they could. And that's, see, and that's really, you know, in this day and age, that's what people need, especially if. If you are, you know, not everybody does have health insurance. I get it. But if you are able to take advantage, a lot of people don't take advantage of a lot of things through yeah. their health insurance and they're paying for it. Like you're already paying for it. Right. You might as well just use it. So that's good to know. One last question that I do have is, can you tell us about any red flags that people can look at? Like if they're on, because it's really big and really hard on social media, um, Anybody that comes across as a health coach or a personal trainer, but they're trying to sell you some type of course, you know what I'm saying? Like the ones that are, can you tell us some good red flags to look for people that are not ethical, I guess? Yeah. yeah. I think if they're demonizing any sort of macronutrient, I think that's a red flag. If they're demonizing um, certain times of day to eat, I know that there probably, I think there is some science to intermittent fasting, but I think people take it to a whole new level, which is yeah. not healthy. Um, and I think that, you know, if someone's promising drastic results, like dropping weight loss so fast, what's safe and sustainable is between 0.25 and two pounds per week. That's how okay. you use it and, and sustain it and be able to keep it off as opposed to losing five, 10 pounds a week or you know, cleanses, detoxes, like all of that is yeah. nonsense total nonsense. So there's no magic pill. And I know that's the 
thing most people hate hearing. There's no magic pill. I mean, really, I think just to empower people to like look within themselves and realize you know more than you think you do about, you know, about a lot yeah. and to pay attention to it and to not suppress that um, and to not feed in like the gimmicky superfood detox cleanse type of rhetoric that kind of comes with a lot of health and wellness related courses, products, programs, you know, and I definitely think, especially for women as they age, you know, strength training is so important. Yes. And that is why I have started adding strength training into my whole entire routine. I'm not just doing, but that's why my butt hurts right now. (laughs) Killing me right now. But, but yes, strength training is really important for especially women, Mm -hmm. especially women. And what type of strength training? You don't have to go. Do you have to go to the gym and sling like big old weights, or can you just do like a, a dumbbell or whatever, like in your li- living room if you wanted to? You can do whatever you want. Really, I'm a big proponent. Of find what works for you. Yeah. If, if you don't want to go to the gym and you know lift like a cross lift or cross uh, fit person, then you don't have to do that. You don't have to even go to a gym. Um, yeah. Yoga is strength training because it's body weight. Um, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Simply dropping and doing push-ups. That's strength training because you're using your body weight. Yeah. Pilates, ballet bar, finding fun ways to make it enjoyable. I have members that somehow find a way to incorporate some level of strength training into like dance and uh, like doing like aerial yoga. You know, I think that someone did like a bungee kind of class to help build strength. And I'm like, oh, I've seen those. Those look fun. I know ah. that. I know. I've seen that. I want to do that so bad. If this yeah. is what I'm thinking. It's like you get in this big old thing and you're like, do squats and everything from the bungee cord. Yeah. You can tell, you can tell my knees really hurt right now. Yeah. But you know, I, it's so important to just find what works best for you. I think one of the things that I've always taken from Shaleen, I don't really follow her anymore just because I feel like there's been, I don't know. I just have mixed feelings about her at this point. Yeah. Um, I do believe that it's important to find your soulmate workout. And I know that's something yeah. she talks about a lot and I did. I did not. That's what I loved about. That's why I stuck with Kenya because it was so fun. I enjoyed it. Not just the community that came with it, but I really did enjoy it. And you know, there is a certain level of resistance training in that. So you can do resistance bands. You can you can simply hold planks. That's building core stability. I mean, really, wow. I think a lot of people put a lot of value in cardio, which you know, balance. We want to make sure that we're getting cardio, but strength is vital. What Otherwise, about cycling? Is you're is cycling? Is is cycling a strength training or is that cardio, strictly cardio? It's more cardio. I think unless you're putting a lot of resistance on the bike um, or maybe you're doing like the bike with the weights, then kind of incorporating some strength into it. But it's more, I would definitely say it's more cardio. Okay. I I did do resistance. I mean, you know what Peloton does. So have you done their boot camps, their their bike boot camps? I love that. I do too. I enjoy the bike boot camps. I just really figure out something to do other than anything that has to do with squats because literally my knees, I need to just go to the doctor, but well, now I'm being stubborn. Yeah. I was going to say yoga could be really helpful in that as well. Um, Just building flexibility and strength, especially strength around your, uh, your joints and uh, because it's all connected. Right. Uh, And I realized a lot of why I was dealing, I started dealing, I think post injury after with my shoulder too. You know, there's some muscle imbalances happening uh, mm-hmm. and yoga is really great because it helps you slow things down and it helps you. Obviously, it's not only just mentally challenging, it can be really physically challenging, but you have so many ways to modify. So if you, you know, if you like, I, I talk to a lot of um, older people in some of my sessions 
that mm -hmm. can't necessarily just do yoga. Well, there's chair yoga and that's easier on the joints. And that's a way that you can still get that type of movement in without mm -hmm. putting yourself at risk. But it ultimately, the more you do it, like anything yeah. at it and you're probably going to feel better. Yeah. I need to do that more. You're right. You're right. But this is your all. This is your all reminder. You need to be stretching and yoga is now a form of strength training. Yeah. And mobility, like you were saying, I think Jen has you doing that. Is, it's also very important. <laughs> very, very important. Yes. Very important. Um, I appreciate you, Meredith, so much. Everything, you, I mean, you really dropped a lot of knowledge on us today, but we're going to play something fun real quick. And I'm going to ask you a few funny questions. Okay. Let me see see here let's stay on the Disney. <laughs> what disney princess would make the best spy the best spy yeah uh, mulan mulan oh yeah yeah she would what kind okay we'll talk about this and this is gonna be controversial okay, okay. are you ready okay. i'm ready should pineapples be on pizza heck no heck no I, I can't, I, it's a texture thing and I don't like warm, oh, like get your warm you know, like, out of food. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why, but I like it. I, yeah. I'm one of those people. I, I like it. And I also have a texture on certain things, but that doesn't bother me oh, at all. I, my mom and my sister both love pineapple on pizza, but I'm like, oh, no, thank you. Unsubscribe. Everybody in this house likes it minus one person. All right. If you could have any one superpower, what would you have? Oh, that's a good question. I think the power of influence. Then you would have been a successful Beachbody coach. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming full circle. No, I think to be able to influence people, you know, in, in at a greater scale, to like help people understand, like you have the answers. It's within you. You don't need to seek it out from other people. I would exactly. Use it for good. I would use it for good. You are, you know, I think that's something that we can end on because I think that a lot of people don't realize. I think that people need to trust themselves more. 100%. And I said this the other day when I was on the, when we were on the Snark Lab, I said, I just want everyone to realize that don't be influenced by everything that this woman says because Autumn is probably one of the most people that influences me. And I don't even realize it because I'll start thinking, I'll start questioning myself if I'm like eating a piece of pizza mm -hmm. and it's because of something that I've listened to her say. So we need to really start and trusting ourselves more and you're right in the influence. If that, if there's one thing that I can tell people that I've actually really been working on this past week is try to get in touch with how you feel, yeah. how, what certain things do. If you sleep 10 hours a day, how does your, how do you feel the next day? Yeah. If you, I've already said it, if you eat three meals, a, just three meals in a day, how do you feel the next day? Like just start trusting yourself and seek out people that are qualified and not trying to sell you anything. 100%. Nothing to gain from it. Um. So last two questions, and then I will let you go back to what you were doing um, earlier today. Would you ever join another MLM? Heck no. 
Okay. My, my mom just brought up that she wants to join Octavia and I'm like, I'm going to scream. <laughs> I'm going to scream. She won't listen to me. She just wants to do what she wants to do. She's the magic pill queen. She wants the fix. So, send so, her. So infuriating. Send her to, I mean, there's so many videos. Yep. So many. You could actually, there's two podcasts that mm -hmm. if your mom listens to podcasts, episode 20, hold on, I'll know in a second. Episode 21, um, no, episode 23 of the Call Cheryl Hunt podcast okay. um, is a interview with someone who is in Octavia and, it's, and she was in the top 2%. And then the Unlikely Pastor Wife okay. podcast. Um, she also has she has a episode that why she left her MLM. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say because she doesn't name the company in there. Okay, I will point those in her direction. Like, yes, I would never join them. Heck no. Okay, and why? Like, I just I feel like I I did the work that I needed to do to move past it and not be such a I guess a hook, line, and sinker kind of candidate that would just eat that kind of attention up, kind of get yeah. lured into it. Because you know, I don't think anyone like intends to like, I'm going to join this cult. It's like, no, you join kind yeah. of a, a gradual baiting you in like, come to, yeah. you know, it's not like a, it's a, like, what am I trying to say? It's not like a concrete decision. It's kind of yeah. like, and it evolves. It becomes more com complicated. It's almost like a situationship, like whatever part of your life you're in, if you're in a part of your life where you are feeling vulnerable, you're going mm -hmm. through something, just like Meredith said, you have the answers in you, you don't need to outsource it to make yourself feel better. Yeah. I mean, you might need to outsource it, you might need a health coach, you need a personal trainer, you might need a registered dietitian, you might need therapy, but you don't need an MLM. Exactly. 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 All right, Meredith, well, I appreciate you joining us. Um, would you like to tell the people where to find you or you want to keep that to yourself? Well, I don't, you? I really don't offer health coaching like on my own. I will say, and I didn't bring this up during our video or our interview. Yeah. I am a DIY home blogger. I have been doing that since 2012. Uh, and we can talk about that on another occasion, but oh. I, if you want to follow me, my blog is called Arts and Classy, A-R-T-S-A-N-D-C-L-A-S-Y. I cater a lot to renters because that's how it started was kind of unpacking my, yeah. you know, never thinking I was ever going to be a homeowner and like trying to decorate my rentals to make it feel more like a reflection of my personality without losing my deposit. Yeah. Um, so that's where it started, but you can find me on all the socials with the Art Classy handle. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. That's a really good the new one. Lemonade. What is it? Are, are you on Lemonade now? I'm on Lemonade. I don't really love it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, really I don't and it, especially with all the TikTok not unknowns. Clapper is new, kind of like the American version of TikTok. Oh, okay. So that one is interesting because people can tip you through the platform. It's kind of cool. Anyway. Oh. But yeah, if you want to check out the blog, if you want to check out the socials, that's where people, if they want to connect with me, or if you have any questions, if you ever want to pick my brain, or you can also email me at either artsandclassy at gmail.com, or you can email me at Meredith A. Schneider, S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R, um, at iCloud.com. Okay. And I will also put all of your connections in, um, in the show notes. Um, I appreciate you coming. I appreciate you joining us. And thank you so much.
Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Great. Bye-bye. Bye. I don't know how to stop recording. All right, Pam, thank you for joining us on the Call Cheryl Hunt podcast. We hope you found today's episode informative and thought provoking. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating or review. We'll be back next week with another episode, so stay tuned. If you have a story you'd like to share on the show, please do not hesitate to reach out to me at callcherylhine at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at callcherylhine or on my personal Instagram at, at Cheryl S. Spears. We always welcome new voices and perspectives. Again, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in next time. Until then, take care and stay safe.